Hey everyone, welcome back to Colin Zach in the Morning, episode 29. And I know that it's 29 because it comes after 28. 28 plus 1, 29. Okay. <laughs> Let me do this again, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> Uh, we keep commenting on what episode <laughs> yeah. it is. Hey everyone, welcome back to Colin Zach and then stop laughing. I'm trying to do the Sorry, intro. My bad. All right. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Colin Zach in the morning. This is episode 29 and we are excited to be back with you. Zach, you got any Valentine's Day plans? Yes and no. Jackie's birthday is the 18th of February. So Valentine's Day is always really muddy with her birthday. Mm-hmm. So we kind of celebrate both of them together. At least that's what I kind of like to do. I don't know if Jackie's on board with that, but we're... <laughs> The weekend after her and I are um, doing like a little trip together for her birthday slash Valentine's Day. (laughs) How about you? Uh, You know, I'm all about the killing more birds with less stones type life. So that's good. Coming from the biologist himself. Love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, We do not have big plans. We'll probably go out to dinner. And our thing has been buying a plant together. We usually buy a plant on Valentine's Day any any context you want to give to that thing because that's like that's, a house plant super because weird. we like house plants and it's like okay. a little gift it's like a love gift to each other from each other you know when we go pick it out together it's fun so you guys get one plant together one do plant. you pick do you guys decide where you put it together as well yeah i mean we have specific places in our house that are designated for plants and then who takes care of the plant both of us all right i don't know how many more questions i have about house plants I mean, I'm not a house plant kind of guy. All of the plants in our house are fake. Yeah, well, the, this year, Valentine's Day falls on Ash Wednesday. Mm, yes, my plan was to go to church. Changing yes. my answer. Jackie and I are going to be committing <laughs> ourselves birthday, unto the we're Lord. going to Ash Wednesday service. <laughs> yes, yes. We will be praying together. We will be putting ashes on our forehead. We will be holy. Yeah, so I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. We have to pick a place for dinner. We'll probably go... Does your church do the ashes on your head? Yeah. Your yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you one to like then go out and walk around with them? Or are you like... No, it's usually like it a, let's go home now. And then when I get home, I wash it off because mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it just feels like I'm dirty. Yeah. But it sounds like it's quite the burden to carry, Cole. I can't yeah. imagine. I, I don't think life could get any harder for you. So, Cole, a couple weeks ago, I was on Twitter, which is one of my favorite places to be um, when I'm bored and before I go to bed and kind of when I wake up in the morning. I might be addicted to Twitter. Yeah, sounds like know. it, but that's a topic for a different day. I don't know. I mean, it's a good thing Ash Wednesday's coming up or the Lenten season. That hmm. might be something you give it worth Twitter? considering. I don't know. I'll have less podcast content being. I, so I'm on Twitter and I see this I see this tweet that directly applies to 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 my role at the university and at the church. And I thought it was very interesting. So Nancy Piercy tweeted this. She said, I'm going to read a half. It's it's, it's a pretty big big tweet. She said, how to help your kids stay Christian in college, which is a really big topic right now. I mean, it's it's hit news cycles. I know within the church, I have quite a few people ask me uh, how, like, I mean, when when, when parents are having their kids go from high school off to college or kids coming into college, there's this fear that when they, when they leave their home, that the faith that they inherited, they will no longer live into. Is that kind of anything you've experienced or any conversations you've been around? Yeah. I mean, that's the, have, have you ever heard of the term, the nuns? Yeah. Not like the Catholic nuns, but like N-O-N-E-S. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like people that on a religious designation survey would say none. Yeah. It's growing. The semester nuns are growing. in college on, yeah, like, uh, 
how the nuns are growing and why that may be. So, yeah, I mean, I've been around this conversation. I think it's a very pertinent conversation to the church. But there seems to be this dynamic of when when a student leaves high school and goes to college, that's when the decisions start to be made. Has that kind of been a little bit around the conversation with the nuns that you experienced? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just life, right? I mean, you go to college and you can suddenly make your own choice instead of being Mm. under your parents' wing, right? I think it's not just church. And I think that's a good point. I want to start off this conversation with this. I think there's, I know, I know some kind of media sources kind of put it on the universities as kind of the reasoning, but I think truly the reasoning is, Part of the transition from high school to college is the ability that you're becoming more independent and you're starting to make the decisions that you want, like that you're making, that your parents are no longer making. You go from being also like more family oriented to more like individual oriented, like you, your life really changes a lot from high school to college. So I think as people who both work for universities, both kind of private universities as well, that it's not necessarily anything the universities are doing. It's more of the setting that in that phase of life that students are going through. But she kind of continues. She goes, a recent study by Fuller Seminary found that when teens graduate from high school, they often graduate from God as well. But the researchers also discovered one factor that proved most effective in helping young people retain their Christian convictions. And she asked, what would you expect it to be? More prayer, more Bible study, maybe even more church attendance? As important as those things are, surprisingly, the most significant factor, and this is according to the Fuller study, Fuller Seminary study, the most important factor was whether they had a safe space to wrestle with doubts and questions before leaving home. Hmm. The study concluded the more college students felt that they had the opportunity to express their doubt while they were in high school, the higher their levels of faith maturity and spiritual maturity. Uh, we kind of talked, we have, uh, this is kind of almost like a part two of the podcast that we had a couple weeks ago called the sin of certainty. And mm-hmm. we kind of talked about these spaces of doubts. That was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Peter ends or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, his whole thing was it's okay for uncertainty, uncertainty to be a part of our walk that doubting is okay. And I've honestly, I've heard a lot of preachers, start to kind of, when they start to preach about doubting Thomas, they start to actually applaud Thomas in this. I think mm. I, like when I was kind of growing up in the church, the view of Thomas was always negative. It was don't doubt, but just believe above all things have faith, just believe. And that doubting Thomas was kind of seen as a negative character, but there is a, a strength that is still seen with Thomas as he is still falling at the hands and feet of Jesus in seeing him and feeling his hands and sides. I mean, again, and, and, and we can get all into the, uh, like the incredibility of the resurrection. Like we can get into all of that. But what I found really interesting with this fuller seminary study is they tend to offer a solution to this issue of why are people graduating from God? And the issue is not where they're going to college who they're surrounded by at college or any of those things. It seems to be that the biggest factor is, are they being surrounded by spaces that will allow them to explore deeper this faith that they have inherited and now have to kind of call their own and, and, and make their own. And within that space, are they able to doubt it as well? 
Yeah, I mean, part of that come, does come down to what institution you, you go to and what people you surround yourself with, right? Like, do you have sure, spaces sure. Yeah. to doubt? I mean, I think a lot of people go off to college and are put on the chopping block of like, either you believe or you're out, you know? We we talked about this last week, the, do you have to believe before you belong or can you belong before you believe, which I think hmm. is true that you can belong before you believe. But, but a lot of our modern teachings say you, you have to, or maybe not teachings, but a lot of our modern Christian culture says you, you have to believe this mm. and you have to act like us. You have to behave like us. Then you can belong. And belonging is so important to who we are as humans. Mm. I think yeah. if we move belonging to the end of that, it shouldn't be surprising that many college students yeah. don't get there. Yeah. I think what I found in, in seasons of doubting for me, I found it's almost like the childhood song of like, of Jesus loves me. And it kind of ends mm -hmm. with like, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. So I kind of found that being a lot of the response of, well, why is this? Why is this? Well, the Bible says so. Mm. Well, what about this? Well, the Bible says so. What about this? Well, the doctrine says so. And it was always met with like a for sure certain answer that I just had to like accept. And I wonder, I wonder if we're, and, and, and so then maybe the question is, okay, how do we create safe spaces for doubt? I think we allow for more questions to be asked and we ask more questions in return rather than give answers. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how often we feel like we have to kind of give an answer right away or, and, and try to squash any, any doubt or any uncertainty in order to not risk losing that person when the study shows quite differently that it is in the doubt that certainty can come later. Like faith comes later and it's, it's okay. Like this is all a part of a process. You're not, you, you might, you, you're not going to lose them. Like you, you won't lose them. Well, let me ask you. So, I mean, you went to college yeah, and you Great. stayed in, in the church your whole time yeah. through college. I mean, you were a, a yeah. ministry major, but how come this no. didn't happen to you? Like, why didn't you just stop going to church? Oh man, that's such a good question. If I'm honest, my freshman year, I found myself in my RA's room a lot. My res the resident assistant who lived right across the hall from us, his name was Andrew. I found myself in his room a lot, just asking a lot of questions. That was it. And Andrew, his greatest strength was he was an incredible listener. And maybe it's because I just talk too much. I never remember him ever giving me an answer. He would always just say, yeah, no, that makes sense. Or, yeah, that, that is some difficult. Or, oh, I never thought that way. Or, like, he would always just kind of, like, spur the conversation on. Mm -hmm. he, he never, like, and I, part of me, I remember, I do remember times where I was trying to figure out what church to go to. And he did give a like, oh, this is why I attend this church. But like, what are you looking for in a church? Or what? And like, he just he just engaged in conversation with me, and I thought that was that was a beautiful thing for me. It allowed me a space to just bounce ideas, to to be able to have some sort of review and reflection on things I was walking through on the day to day. Yeah, like a safe person, right? right. He wasn't going to go then blab to your parents what you were no. saying or. To, exactly. to your church community or even to me, yeah. you know, like that was just between you and him. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily worried about like those kind of conversations with my parents or with you or anything like that. But what I recognized in Andrew was it was just going to be a safe space where there was no judgment. Mm -hmm. It was only care and it would be care through listening. I wonder how often we have 
forfeited the opportunity to actually listen to someone who is wrestling with some good things because we're so quick to give an answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so true. I mean, there has been times where I've gone to trusted authorities with doubt and been t told an answer like, a, mm. oh, well, you just got to do this. This is what you need to believe, or this is why we believe this. Mm. And there's, there's a difference between providing an answer in a safe space to somebody or providing space for them to reach an answer themselves. As a young person, the process of having uncertainty and find, making the connection to an answer on your own or with the mm. help of somebody who's willing to not just jump to the conclusion, mm. but give you the space yeah. and time to get there on your own is critical to, I don't know, I, I guess critical to staying in the church or critical to developing a faith that can stand on its own. Yeah. I mean, if we look at what a personal faith is, it is me actively declaring my trust, hope, and obedience to who Jesus is. It is, it is recognizing who Jesus is, what he has done for me, and then what he is calling me to do. That is what faith is. And then the 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 fruit of that is then living that out, right? And mm -hmm. then there's, I mean, so that, that's very basic, 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 basic uh, form of faith and, 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 the, and like what our response to the gospel and all that stuff. And for that to happen, it can no longer be, it can be initiated by other people, but it cannot be finalized by other people. And that's like where we see this difference between evangelism and discipleship. Evangelism, evangelism is, is giving uh, people the gospel, is showing them the way. Discipleship is walking with them through it then. And in walking with them, there's a sense of patience. There's a sense of maturing that is happening over time. There's intimacy in, 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 in going through the ups and downs and all of that. I think, I think we see this in like in Psalm 23, when David's talking about like the mountains and the valleys and the shadow of death and all this stuff, like there is in his discipleship, in his walk with the Lord, he is recognizing that the Lord is with him in all of it. And I think so far where we get scared of, I think we think uncertainty is going to lead us away when truly uncertainty with healthy discipleship, with healthy walking along we can continue on the path with the person in the right direction. We don't have to pull them. We can just walk with them. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think there's this, there's this mindset shift where I think we're, we shouldn't be scared when someone's wrestling with something. And I think what, I mean, what Peter ends kind of was getting at with his book was he was kind of sitting there going, doubt isn't a response of unbelief. Doubt is a response for wanting to believe and really trying to wrestle with those things. And so I don't think we should be scared of, of doubt, but rather excited by the fact that they are starting to take this seriously. And that's my experience with college students. Like when college students are really starting to be like, is this really the case? Or where I don't necessarily know if I believe this or, all, or they start kind of wrestling with that in front of me. That means that it matters to them or out of respect for their parents, out of respect for their family members, out of respect to their church, they want to ask those questions themselves. And mm -hmm. so I kind of get a little bit excited going, no, this matters to you. If it didn't, they wouldn't ask. But I think we've kind of taught them that don't question it. Just, just trust. Don't question it. Yeah. And I mean, part of this is just a product of growing up. I mean, at some level, a lot of these students at Olivet and, you know, other colleges, people that grew up in the church, 
at some level, they were required to go to church every week by their parents. Maybe they were mm -hmm. required to be in the youth group or required to be in the choir. Like mm -hmm. at some level, young people's faith is often transactional just because that's mm. that's part of growing up. It's like you, yeah. you don't have the choice. The whole family's piling in the car, climbing the back seat. It's Sunday night. We're going to church. And so now in college, it's a first chance for a lot of students to make that faith that was transactional relational. How can we set up spaces where, like you had with Andrew, where we can come alongside of college students and people in that phase of life and open up those relational spaces? Hmm. Because if, if the faith persists, I think it has to be relational. I don't know how you could go through your life with a transactional version mm. of faith of like, check mm. the boxes, go to church every Sunday, and then that's considered mm. faith. You're so right. Because again, yeah, yes, to them, faith is transactional. You're so right in that of, oh, because we're this, we then do this. Mm -hmm. And, and part of discipleship process is the, yes, because of what Christ did for me, I then do this. But it's not necessarily, even in high school, it might not necessarily fully be that yet. It's more of because my parents told me then we do this, you know, kind of thing. Or And, and so the reason of why we go, and I, I will say, um, I still kept going to church my freshman year. I walked across the street. I didn't have a car. And the reason I kept going initially was because that's just what we did on Sundays. Like it was still a habit. But then it became, no, this is something I need to do. This is, this is the space that is going to shape. It's going to be a, a somewhat of a, almost a fertilizer for my relationship with Christ to grow. Hmm. And so I, I think there's a, uh, there's a beauty that I want to finish kind of the rest of this tweet. Again, it's a little bit long where she says, they said the more college students felt that they had the opportunity to express their doubt while they were in high school, the higher their levels of faith maturity and spiritual maturity are. In other words, the only way teens become truly prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, according to 1 Peter 3, is by wrestling personally with the questions. This runs contrary to the typical approach in most Christian homes and churches. Many people operate as though the definition of faith were don't ask questions, just believe. They quote Jesus himself saying, who taught his followers to have the faith of a child in Mark 10. By once heard Francis Schaeffer respond by saying, don't you realize how many questions children ask? The, fill, the fuller study shows that students actually grow more confident in their Christian commitment when the adults in their life, parents, pastors, teachers, guide them in exploring questions and grappling with the challenges posed by prevailing secular worldviews. By the time these teens leave home, they have learned how to practice Paul's maxim out of 1 Thessalonians 5, test everything, hold on to the good. I, I love the part of that where, do you realize how many questions mm. children ask? And you know, no. children, if you've been around children, children aren't satisfied with an answer. Then they start asking, but why? But why? But why? And so if we jump into these conversations and just say, you know, why, why do we believe this? And then you say, oh, it's this. And then get frustrated when the follow-up question of "but why" comes. Mm -hmm. Then you, I mean, you shatter the relationship and like mm -hmm. the the trust and the development mm -hmm. of an individual faith is gone. Part of growing up, part of maturing, like in your teenage years, is no longer are your parents doing it for you, but you're doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like it used to be in elementary school, my parents would come and wake me up for school, but then like as we got to junior high, I had to set an alarm. 
you know, and I had to get up and go. I remember when it come to even came to church, even in high school, I was always the last one to the car. I was always making my family late. And, and finally my, my dad to sit there going, no, you are getting yourself to church. You're driving to church. Like it was, it was start. You have to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of the faith of, of kids is we are trying to do it for them. We take them to these events. We take them to church, all this stuff. We are making these decisions for them when really in order for them to mature in their faith, they're going to have to start making the decisions themselves. It's, it's kind of, the, it's the same. It's part of the maturing process. Yeah. And part of the making the decisions themselves is as they have to see, is it really worth it? I had to say, is it worth it for me to set my alarm? Yeah. If I want to make it to school on time, I have to set my alarm. I have to do that. If I really, if I want to have a relationship with Christ, then oh, I need to go to church. I'm going to have to do that. No one can decide that for me. Again, it's embodying, it's inheriting, it's adopting these practices that other people see as important and naming them as important ourselves. That is when you have bought in. We can't just tell them it's important. They have to believe it's important. And there's a whole sense of the, but why, but why, but why? And we have to have the patience. We have to have the spaces for that to happen. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week on Colin Zach in the Morning. If you have thoughts or a but why question, if you have something that you'd like to talk about, feel free to reach out yeah. to us on Facebook or Instagram. You, you can also find us on our website, www.colinzackinthemorning.com. And if we don't hear from you, have a great week and we'll see you next Friday. See you, everyone.